I've got a treat for you guys today. It's a good friend, Cassandra, and she comes from a wild background of just a ton of God stories, and I'm so excited to have you tune in. Ironically, I've known her for quite some time now, and I just continue to be amazed at her pursuit of what God has her doing alongside of this organization that she started called The Calling. Absolutely. I think, you know, as we're listening to yours and hers conversation today, like what kept ringing in my mind afterwards was just this idea of courage and how courageous she was to like believe in this thing God had given her to do, even though it hadn't been done before, even though she hadn't seen it before. And then also as we're listening today, really taking note to what y'all said about fear, which I thought was so interesting. So beautiful. So shall we? When you find yourself between here and there, the now and the then, it can feel difficult to embrace life and all that it has to offer, especially when you feel like you haven't arrived yet. Wherever you're at though, we wanna help in that beautiful struggle of transitioning well through aspects of faith and life with The Places Between, a podcast all about transitions. Hi, I'm your host, Wendy. I'm a storyteller and a creative with a passion for adventure, fitness, and faith. What began as a love for travel, experiences, and community turned into helping clients around the country tell their own stories and inviting others to join them. I've always been passionate about people fully living. That means navigating those places between, opening up a safe space to have conversations and encouraging growth along the journey. So join me as we explore what it's like to transition well on the places between. Hi, Cassandra. I'm so hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it is such a humbling honor to be with you, Wendy. This is such a blessing. Mm, I love it. I've known you for years and years, but I am excited to introduce you to the places between. Why don't we start with just a high level overview of who you are? things that the world would see, and then maybe even some fun things that maybe the world doesn't see. Where do you start? Let's see. (laughs) Well, I am from the treasure box state of Colorado and am a native and just love it so much, but have been able to see that Colorado is such a home, but it's nice to be able to travel out into the world and to do what God has called me to do. And he really awakened my heart to what that was when I was a senior in high school. And that was starting an organization now called The Calling and helping people dream God's dreams and to live it out and doing that through so many different avenues from conferences to business products and speaking engagements. We just have so much more on our hearts for the future. And I'm just excited to light fires in people's hearts of courage and bravery to live their dreams out. So my heart's alive with passion to live out the calling and to pursue that purpose. But little things about me that you may or may not know. Let's see. Hmm. Wendy, you might have to call this out of fun facts. I was Miss Colorado's choice for Miss Colorado, Miss America 
several years ago. That was a fun little journey to go down. Just being able to see God do the most miraculous things in the middle and the places between. I think when we're waiting, he has done the miraculous. And I have a Dalmatian. So that is a fun fact, too, that I just got. Dalmatian. He is 14 weeks old. Aw. Yeah. Been a bundle of joy. He's been such a, yeah, such a blessing. And his name is actually Dreamer. My fiance now of about a month got it for me. So that was special. That's really neat. Yes. Okay. So we're going to back all the way up to childhood. Yep. Some of the things that I've been thinking through is obviously from the time you were like 17 years old, you have this big dream of this event called the calling Mm -hmm. or what I remember a senior project, but that are listening. When did you start dreaming for more? Hmm. as a little kid that you wanted to do something like this or how, what kind of dreams were on your heart when you were young? That is such a great question, Wendy. Just even as a little girl, God just kind of knitted in my heart to see that there is more, there was more room for opportunity for an after school party or how to add to an activity within a school project or an extra fun portion to a birthday party. So I can just, you know, I would, I'd be wired just to keep on asking for something different (laughs) and just adding that creativity. And even with grades or homework, if, you know, I didn't get the grade I wanted at first, you know, how could I get it better? That has just kind of allowed me to be in front of different leaders. You know, I think with decision-making, it comes to different leaders' hearts and being able just to challenge the status quo has just been a common thread of my heart. Whether that was sports or student government in high school, I was student body president. Like I have always felt like I'm more so in a movie scene and doesn't feel like I'm actually in it, but just being able to help cause change that will affect other people. If something isn't the best that we could imagine it to be, how to be able to make it better and to get to the leader's hearts of how to do that. I love that. You have this one phrase that you like to say with the calling. Yes, it is. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? We love for that to echo in people's hearts. And we've just found like, if you're able to truly answer that deeply inside your heart, then God is going to do more than you could ever ask or imagine. I love that. Well, and so often, I think the times that we're in, it's mm-hmm. so just stuck in the everyday mundane of like, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, do dinner, go to bed, wake up, right. work, come home, do dinner, go to bed. Yes. So the idea of what would you do if you knew that you could feel mm-hmm. I love at it of like, if nothing was against you, if the world was your oyster. If money wasn't an issue, if God was a hundred percent for you, which he is right. And really if nothing, even your own self could stop you, what would you do? Right. And then even digging a little bit deeper, the way that I've always defined calling is when your greatest burdens collide, mm. your greatest passions. Yeah. Because you have this heartbreak over something that's going wrong or going on in the world that you want to be part of the solution, like you just talked about. 
right. kind of pushing against like status quo. And you have this passion for whether it's speaking or events or helping single moms or whatever it looks like and those colliding. Right. It just awakens this passion that you've never found before when you really are able to unveil your heart and be like, what am I passionate about? What do I want to do? God's put it there for a reason and I have no reason to fear. And it's not going to be an easy journey to get there, but it's worth giving up our lives for when we really do find our true calling. I love that. You just said we have no reason to fear. Mm-hmm. Listening that are like, are you kidding? I have every reason to fear. <laughs> How did you come to a place of being like, I have no reason to fear. Is there anything that backs that up? I think we, do, we just have to imagine our greatest fears in our hearts. Something that has always been key to my heart. And I think we'll all kind of find a story within scripture that we can resonate with. For me, with Esther 414, she's faced with the worst fear and it's death. And she had to be okay with that. And I think when we're able to imagine, okay, like if I'm going to die or if I'm not going to have enough money for groceries next week, if that does happen, is that okay? And I think if we're able to surrender that outcome, it could easily happen like that. But to know that you're living out a cause that you were born to do, there's nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. Well, and I'm reminded of the Bible verse that says perfect love casts out fear. And right. it is as we're in relationship with God, it's not like we're driving to a really sketchy area of town and thinking, I'm going to walk around at 2 a.m. Right, right. <laughs> I don't have to fear it. But through our relationship with the Lord, he promises to be with us so that mm-hmm. we encounter moments that are potentially fearful or full of fear just coming at us that we can mm-hmm. remember that God's presence is with us that he'll never leave us or forsake us and that his perfect love really gives no place for fear to thrive. Right. It says courage isn't the absence of fear of being able to step forward anyways. And we're meant to challenge fear right in the face and walk forward. And that's what real courage is to be able to move forward when we are afraid. Truthfully, I bet Wendy too, I'm afraid a lot of days and there's a lot of things that my heart might just be like, Oh, I don't know. And you just have to do it. You have to go for it. And you have to be like David and swing the stone into Goliath and see how that opens up room to be able to go into your destiny. When a lot of times we're not brave enough to take that stone and trust that God will do his part of knocking down the giant. Yeah. Cause that opens up the door to where we're supposed to be. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about your first event. It's senior year of high school. You do the calling. It goes off without a hitch. Then you jump into college. You attended Colorado Christian University. I do remember that. Yes. Less <clears throat> a little bit about the couple of events that you did while you were in college and fresh out of college. You know, Wendy, so I stepped into CCU and just loved it so much. But right away, I was challenged. Jesus just challenged me that, you know, he was like, am I more important than this dream? And somewhere along the way, I think with all of us, we have to 
end up surrendering our dreams back to God. And we have to see that if it really is from him, he'll give it back. That's what happened about freshman through halfway through sophomore year. And then he said, go, which was such a blessing. And we had an event at Civic Center Park. It was just phenomenal to see, especially the homeless population being able to be challenged to live out their dreams and to have Brian Schwartz, which is, I know he's such a dear friend of yours and he's just such a man of God, former NFL player, just to speak the gospel and many other pastors and leaders and organizations to come on site. So when people are inspired to go after their dream, they're like, I have that courage in my heart to do something right now then they have an avenue to do so, to talk to someone or be able to have us as an organization to keep them accountable and living out that dream. Soon after, the Lord started planting seeds that he wanted our next calling conference to be at Red Rocks Amphitheater. And you guys, back in the day, this was not a typical thing for Christian events at all. <laughs> right, Wendy? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I remember moments of high school, the whole town of Morrison smelling like marijuana, (laughs) this big reggae music festival of like just free spirited, lots of pot. Yes. So the Lord started, he would show amphitheaters in the clouds and I would go for runs. I ran cross country in college and would just see the Lord's providence of, he's like, I want it there at Red Rocks. And I actually lived where I could see the amphitheater and I'm like, no, like, I don't think we can do that. Lord. Like, like it's never really been done before. There's been a couple Christian pianists and singers like 20 years ago that had did it, but there was never a big Christian contemporary concert before. So it just kind of plunged the way of within my heart and within the calling that this is what we were supposed to do and ended up having the callings global conference at Red Rocks Amphitheater and having sponsorships from Sony to there was people all around the world that were gathering around and rallying around this concept of dreaming and Switchfoot came on board and it was their first Christian event and their Grammy award-winning artists. And so for them to step alongside and say, we want our first Christian songs to come out here at Red Rocks. It just plowed the way I think in people's hearts to pioneer the impossible for our generation. Totally. And even just declare a message of truth Mm -hmm. over a venue that had been used for so many other things. Right. And and say like, no, this is like, we're going to claim this area for what God wants to do in people's hearts. And I love that I got to experience that event with you and we got to see thousands of people, whether it was rededicate their lives or... Mm -hmm time think through what they would do if they knew they couldn't fail and mm. having speaker rex crane there yeah so powerful and wendy you might remember too, the dream boards people wrote their dreams and we brought them onto stage at one part of the conference and it was just it gave you goosebumps to think of all the dreams that are woven inside of our hearts they are such treasures worth more is billions and billions of dollars worth into the, each of those dreams and to see them all together is 
so powerful because we're meant to help each other go after our dreams through we each of us have different connections and giftings and talents. And if we can work together, that's the secret sauce. I believe that if we can just continue to build on that, we will be unstoppable. Absolutely. I want to pause on the calling for just a second because I want to talk through like your call to Haiti and some of the other yes. In terms of coming alongside of people and supporting them after they chase their calling or decide to declare it to the world, this is what I want to do. What kinds of dreams or callings have you seen people step into? Can you share some of those? Sure. It's so neat to see that this message doesn't have an age capacity. It's not just for the younger generation. It's not just for the elders, but it's for every single person. So we've seen... I mean, it's still one of my favorites at one of our first conferences, this little girl, she had cancer and she was so inspiring, five years old. And after the Collins event there, she just felt inspired to start a group for kids who had cancer in all of Jefferson County. And they would send pictures of the other kids going through cancer together. And it was just extremely powerful. And other stories from this one guy in college, he was like, I love that question about the calling, but I just don't know. You know, I had to make money. Like I need to provide for my future family and him just being challenged. He heard the message one more time. I think he like rewatched the callings conference and he felt challenged that he would be a basketball player or a basketball coach and that he just needed to trust Jesus, that he would provide finances for him and ended up changing his whole major to pursue being a basketball coach and as just living and thriving. And I, God's blessed him tremendously financially just through his trust. So it's neat to hear those stories that come full circle. And even just following you a little bit on social media, you uh-huh. out people that are chasing after their dreams. Yes. So if you hear of it, you know, it might not have been as a result of chasing their dream based off of you inspiring them to chase right. them, but they're in the middle of chasing their dream. And they're like, I'm going to share this with the calling and let them know that I am on the same page and I am chasing after my calling. Yep. How you, you get behind people and you're one oh. of the cheerleaders I know for people, which I love. Oh. So. Thanks, Wendy. I... I appreciate it. Well, so are you. You are the biggest cheerleader too. It's just, it's so powerful if we can really just believe in one another and rally behind one another in what our dreams are. Mm -hmm. It's just, it is very, it's a very special, those are true friends. That's another thing. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about Haiti because I'm super close to your heart and I know it's been on your heart for a long time. Yes. Us a little bit about how Haiti came to be and some of the experiences you've had out there. Yes. Well, you know, before we had our event at Red Rocks Amphitheater, God started to speak because, you know, a lot of people, they want to have like a plan from A to B to Z and uh, no, we're so after Red Rocks, where is it supposed to be? So after praying just for so long, there was one night and I was with a dear friend and she started talking about Haiti. I had no idea. Really. I mean, I've heard of Haiti. I didn't really know where it was. 
but she started sharing just these people's hearts in that they have had such a satanic hold in the nation for so long. And she's like, Cassandra, they just need hope. They need to know that they have a purpose. And then that's when the light bulb came (laughs) and it's like, we need to have a calling conference there and, you know, just to rally the nation together, maybe even rededicate the nation's name. It's Haiti after Hades, which is like hell. And, you know, to rededicate and reproclaim over that nation, what God has in store for them as a people. So before Red Rocks, God had really cemented in my heart that that's where he wanted it to be. And, you know, as a leader of an organization, the number one leader is God and is Jesus. And so wherever he's leading, we got to follow him. And soon after Red Rocks, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And there was just a lot of different hurdles that came about all of a sudden. But this whole theme of Haiti supposed to be next, it was just, it was a little bit overwhelming, but finally was able to say, okay, well, I guess first I just have to go there. I don't even know what this country's really like. First went there, started seeing people's hearts and just it confirmed everything within me and went again on a second trip. And just to fast forward a little bit, now I've been seven times, but in the middle of that, the second trip, it was just in me. I was like, I need to trust Jesus that this is his vision and dream and start just casting vision. He put it on my heart and who people in Haiti could come alongside to help this vision come to be. and. I was weary. I was getting battle weary because it was, you could feel the spiritual warfare. We were staying at this camp where I was one of the only ladies. They have you all on different floors and the voodoo camp was just battling their drums. And I kept on hearing some really weird things and it was Valentine's day. I'm like, this is not where I want to spend Valentine's day. And I like, how are we going to have a global conference here? Well, Jesus, he was like, Cassandra, I brought you to Haiti. This is one of the biggest desires I put on your heart because I love you so much. Wait until I show you what's next. And it was the very next day that this pastor came alongside and he wanted to meet this other man. It was in this radio studio. And he, he's like, we're behind you. And he was like, you want to come to a church service? I thought maybe it'd be about 200, 250 people, maybe. Well, the mayor, which is like the governor of Laogon, she took my hand and just kind of like ushering like royalty almost is very special. We started walking and Wendy, it was this sea of people and it was this mountainside and we just started walking down and down. There were 60,000 people that night that were worshiping Jesus. I'm like, this is so amazing. You know, oh. we get to be towards the front of the group. Well, Lo and behold, there's a few seats on stage and it was time to go up there. We sat up there and they were just praying. And all of a sudden, this pastor, he hands me the microphone and I had no idea. I was like, what? Like, what is this? Well, they wanted me to share the vision with the, with all the people there. It just, it gives me goosebumps even just sharing this saying that people of Haiti, nation of Haiti, Jesus has a calling for you. He called me here to tell you that he has not forgotten you, that he wants each one of your dreams to be lived out. And he wants to do the impossible through each and every one of you. Well, they heard this little message, maybe two minutes, and they translated it. 
And all of a sudden, they all stood up and they raised their hands. They're like, hallelujah. And you could just hear the angels rejoicing in that they needed to hear that they had a purpose and a hope. So we're still in the middle of planning this nationwide conference. Kind of got stuck in the middle with COVID, but yeah. we're, we're on our way. <laughs> For those that are listening, this was after the earthquake. What year did it happen? 2011? Yes, that's a huge point because he gave us the vision for Haiti before the earthquake happened. And then in 2010, the earthquake happened. And it set the stage that everyone kind of has an eye on Haiti. So it's the perfect nation to show that if they can go after God's dreams for their lives while being such an undeveloped nation, then no one has an excuse. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what a neat, neat experience and story. And even just to hear your relationship and communication with God. Mm. Anything that you can share about how when you spend time with God, like how do you, because I think people say, or they think, gosh, you heard from God. I've never heard from God. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. For you, when you talk through like God was speaking. What, what is that? Like, is it an explain? Is it writing on the wall? Wendy, I love that question. And I do get asked that pretty frequently of just, you know, they're like, I don't hear God. And I think that we can just see throughout scripture. Most of the time it's coming through a whisper. And so getting to a place where we have to surrender all of our little thoughts inside of our head, the good ones and the bad ones. So all of our worries and all of our dreams and just being able to say, Jesus, I, I give this to you and I love writing it down. And some people may just be able to think that and do it, but physically writing something and just giving it up to him and then allowing there to be space to be able to notice everything around you and to be able just to hear your heart and you might see a butterfly go by or you may not even like see anything, but to be in that stillness, the Holy Spirit is always, he will always come through to be able to say exactly what you need to hear. And sometimes it is just pausing to be able to just breathe and to relax and God loves alignment. So a lot of times he just wants to realign everything and then he'll begin speaking more and more probably when you least expect it to. And he'll say something and then confirm it through a person or he'll always do it through scripture if it's it's from him. So absolutely. Well, uh-huh. That a lot of times it's if a thought continues to like pop into our brain out of yes where and then like what you said it's confirmed by a person or for me it's there's a couple of different things there's a certain type of bird that I saw one time in like a really tragic moment that I had lost something. And I remember seeing these birds and then this scripture flashing through my brain of God taking care of the birds. So why? Should oh. And it's funny because to this day, and that was like 10 years ago, but to oh. <laughs> like on the treadmill, looking out the window or driving down the road, worried about something. And I kid you not, it's like when I'm worried or frantic or something, those birds will fly by or they'll like come land on 
like something that's within my vision and right attention to the things that are close to your heart. I think Mm. the Lord, like how you said a butterfly, I have a friend that every time she thinks about family stuff that is hard for her Mm -hmm. and then she gets like reassurance because there happens to be a butterfly or it's just yes confirmations like that. I think the challenge that we have is when we're in those places between of things not necessarily working out right, or Mm -hmm. we're still waiting on this big dream to come to fruition or the perfect career or finding that significant other, Mm -hmm. trusting that the Lord has our best in mind. and. Mm -hmm. You know, it says in his word, he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So Mm -hmm. you you as a listener are listening right now and you're thinking things are not in my life. Right. If you know and are connected to Jesus, he is interested in only Mm. and a lot of us don't like to be in a position where we need a miracle. Yeah. On a miracle. So right, right. <laughs> I think I would rather be in a position where I need a miracle than just have like a cruise easy life. <laughs> right. And wonder what if at the end of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you for expanding on that thought. So let's catch up to where you are today. I know we spoke a little bit about the calling just released this recent uh, dream kit. Can you share with us some of like, share about that and then share about like, what's, what's next for you? I would love it. Well, anyone listening, I can describe it over this podcast, but it is the dream kit comes in a box and hopefully you see something on the front with some different pictures that represent people's dreams and you just open it up and there's an activation sheet inside of it. So this activation sheet is linked to a whole series and people can go on to the link and you're able to walk through all these different questions of what God might be calling you to. And it allows you to have just be able to have the thought process and room to be able to really dream and to know that you're not alone in this process and then to lead you to have accountability at the end of it, to live it out and the right next steps to do so. Wow. So we are so excited for that. (laughs) And well, and like you said earlier, there's no age limit. So whether you're 12 years old or 75 and you're like wanting another dream, it's perfect for anyone. And I will say, if you have a heart for things that are bigger than you, why not get that dream kit and actually mm. what God wants to like talk to you about and inspire you to pursue? So, right. Andra. Oh, thank you. And well, and especially with the pandemic, I think Jesus just wants to unlock all of our dreams and set them to flight. So, we hope that it can be a blessing and gift to every single soul that it's in front of and heard of. So yes, anyone listening, it's not by accident for you to go after your dream in this season. Yes, absolutely. So where can people find out more information about the calling? Well, the best place is the calling's website and it's the calling nonprofit.org. Okay. 
And then yeah. the social, do you have any social channels that you want to share? That would be great. Um, we have the calling and you just type in the calling for Facebook and also for Instagram. Instagram has, if you just type in the calling nonprofit, it will pop up. Mine is Cassandra Brunson and that is kind of an easy way as well. Um, you can find the callings link right under my name. And we would love to hear from anyone and everyone, whether it's helping you go after your dream or someone else, you know, and we're trying to get these dream kits to everyone possible. So schools and churches and developing nations. And what's really amazing is that everyone that's purchased, you're actually giving one. So it's like two for one. And we're developing a program where you're going to be able to see what dream you're awakening while you're going after yours. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. <laughs> As we near the end, I would like to ask you if there's anything that you can say the key for you hmm. to kind of stay plugged into life as you're in those transitions. I know you had mentioned earlier, which I'm so relieved to hear that your health is strong now. I'm sure there's still battles, but even mm -hmm. through battling Lyme's disease, there's a lot of people that struggle with chronic pain or they're just in those places where they're like, I don't have much energy to, mm -hmm. but what caused you to stay in the journey till now? You know, Mindy, I, I guess just that hope, hope is so powerful. It is so powerful. And it's like that rope that just keeps on pulling you forward. So just to hope to know that Jesus has spoken all these things over me and, you know, the community prior to those situations too, but just, you know, be able to be still to know that God has a purpose for me. And some people may not know what it is right then, but that hope has helped tether me through and just being able to, you know, the things that I can lean on are Jesus's word and being able to journal and do Bible studies has helped me stay rooted and trying to have as much community as possible. But God is faithful to, to be able to work in and through people and situations no matter what, and we can trust him. So yeah, just being able to make sure that that's a priority. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing today, Cassandra. The last question that I ask all of my guests, what place are you between? I love that question, Wendy. The place that I am between right now is trying to get the Collins book out. So we have just been in the final editing stages and it's been one of those places where you want to give enough content, but you can't put everything out there from your whole life and, you know, just allow there to be room to grow in different series to come out. But that is a place and also just in this place of engagement. So from singleness to being married, trying to figure that out. <laughs> oh, love that. Well, we will definitely be praying for your adventures ahead as you start to plan a wedding and Thank you. We'll look forward to the release of your book coming out soon. Thanks again for your time today and for everyone listening. Thanks for joining us on the places between where you can learn how to thrive in transition. So till next time, enjoy the journey. 
Wow. I just like in all honesty that her, that conversation that y'all had was so convicting, so convicting, like not in a bad way. You know me, I think conviction's great. I think we should run towards a feeling. I think it's God wooing us, you know, mm-hmm. that idea of really believing God has a calling for our lives. It can be so easy to believe for other people, hard for, to believe for ourselves. And then even just going after a dream, her willingness and belief, it just really blew me away. And I just really have to take stock about some of the the narrative in my own life of like, mm-hmm. you know me, like I, I hate, not that I hate big dreams, you know, but I, you know, I like deconstructed church. I like things simple and acoustic, you know, <laughs> like small and broken down and bare bones. And, and I think sometimes after listening to her, I was like, I, yes, that's who I am and who God created me to be. But sometimes I think, is that a protective wall I've put on my life, you know, to live small Hmm. and to not want much. I found it really powerful. And that story in Haiti, like, I'm not crying. You're crying. Cause I was sobbing through that when she was talking about that, just like, God bringing her from, from nowhere, you know, onto this stage to inspire these people, 60,000 people, mm-hmm. then raising their voices and hallelujah to our God. Yeah. I so mean, powerful word. So incredible. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I love about Cassandra is she really just goes after it. I ran into her in places like I ran into her in Nashville once at the Caleb Fan Awards. Uh-huh. Kind of like, wait a minute, how are you here? And yet God allows her to be in Washington, D.C. at the National Prayer Breakfast or in Bethel, like on stage doing things there. And she's just kind of like a go-getter. So if she feels like God has given her a dream, she chases it. And I think in our human minds, like our earthly, like, wait, that's not safe. Don't do that. Or you haven't calculated the way every single thing is going to add up. What I love about her is her faith is really about her and God. It's awesome. Amazing. I thought it was so inspiring. Yeah. Let's all take stock (laughs) where we're at and where, where our dreams are. And just even re-listening to how she talks here about hearing the voice of God hearing God in her life. I thought that was so good. So I hope you all were inspired by Wendy and Cassandra's conversation today. Get your dream kit, (laughs) share this if this inspired you, and please be sure to like and subscribe. Thanks for stopping by The Places Between, and we hope we'll see you again next week. Bye. I'm over here cheering you on, friend. You just finished another episode of the Places Between podcast. If you want to access more, be sure to subscribe or visit theplacesbetween.com to learn more about our guests, episode sponsors, upcoming retreats, and more. Like Stay in the Story, a 25-day devotional all about staying in your story while you wait on your dreams, on God, and on life to come to fruition. And lastly, if you're looking for an online community of people who also want to transition well, then come say hi over on Instagram at The Places Between. As always, 
Thanks for taking time to dive into the places between. Until next time, keep enjoying that journey.